Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff Jarrett. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Raven. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Wrestle Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Mr. Davis, joined, as always, by my arch nemesis, Lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello, Oliver Davis, you big dick. Uh, how the devil are you? And a hello to you, Swath Nation. Not well, not well, unfortunately. It's my uh, it's my anniversary on Sunday. And me Congratulations. And Lindy, thank you, seven years. Uh, people say you get itchy around this time. Little bit uncomfortable. Not this guy. I'm doubling down in the pandemic. I say more snuggles. I say more nights in. Uh, but we were meant to have a night, a couple of nights out. We were going to go to Edinburgh. Edinburgh oh, for our anniversary. I was say, are you not going now? We had a train journey, an overnight train journey. We were going to leave at 11 p.m. on Friday night on a slow train all the way up from London to Edinburgh, and we would arrive there at half seven in the morning. What a magical journey. And then we would, you know, get very drunk, enjoy the restaurants, enjoy the cafes, Mm -hmm. enjoy the bars, and then come home on Monday. Extra long weekend, little treat for us. Love that. But just like the other treat for us, that two-week holiday to Vietnam in April that didn't quite happen, thank you, pandemic, Scotland just closed all of its restaurants and bars starting when, Luke? When? Is it tomorrow? It's it's tomorrow. It's the day we were leaving to go up there. Cheers, Nicola Sturgeon. Right. So we're not doing that anymore. We've delayed it all. We're going to go to York instead. But it's... Uh, which which, Which will be nice, but we wanted to go to edinburgh at least you get to go away i was a bit concerned that you weren't going to get to go away at all uh which would have really sucked because like and yeah i feel bad man because like Mm. this is the second (laughs) trip you've had to cancel this year because of this pandemic back when uh we liked each other when the when we couldn't go to vietnam luke and his lovely wife sent me and my partner a bottle of wine uh two Mm. bottles of wine i think and it was like if we can't send you to Vietnam, but we can 
send you booze. We've got that card still up on our little notice board. And it made my partner cry. She found it so sweet on that evening. Um, So, yeah, I'm just just letting you know that another trip's been cancelled. It, I mean, you don't even have to send the uh, the signals across. I was already, like, the cogs were already <laughs> turning. I mean, I would do, but I don't like you anymore. We hate so, each other, yeah. Yeah, we hate each other. Can't really do that. Um, I got an email uh, I want to read just before we get into the main part of the podcast. I won't name the person who emailed in, uh, but just said, Hello, Luke. Uh, I don't know if you noticed yet, but the bonus podcast you released of WrestleMania 30 has already been released previously. So can you change that? Uh, no, I, I will not be releasing another free podcast. Uh, Sorry. People just want, they want the freebies. Well, when did we release that free one? Uh, during lockdown. Ah. Uh. When I was being very kind and I was releasing lots of uh, free stuff behind, the, I was releasing stuff at, behind the paywall into the free feed to kind of like lift everyone's spirits during mm. the lockdown. And apparently what? WrestleMania said it was one of those. Did, did we, can we take that first one down? Can we take all of those down? <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, you'll just have to wait until next year, uh, next year's anniversary, to get a, a different free episode. So, uh, tell, whoever whoever emailed that one in, I've got an idea for you: become a Patreon, my friend. Then you'll get yeah. access to all of those podcasts. A, a solid idea. That's uh, uh, right. Let's get into the main show because we're going to have to have a fairly short outro because someone's got to brush their teeth. Here is oh, the don't show. Tell everyone that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Here is the show. And we're kicking off with this very peculiar coincidence, maybe. Or maybe it's a sign of something larger. And that is the appearances from New Japan stuff, coincidentally, the week after Harold Mage, or Harold May, however you pronounce that name, the the current president of New Japan, who will be stepping down, he's announced that he's stepping down next month in November. He was reportedly one of the major blocks in AEW and New Japan working together because, understandably, he felt very slighted by the all of his top foreign stars, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Cody, leaving and going to form their own American promotion when New Japan had pretensions of wanting to expand into the US themselves. So that's always been what Tanahashi called last year a forbidden door. And the week after he announces his resignation, I I mean, it would be too much to say New Japan were all over this show, but it's like if WWE just suddenly started saying, hey, here's an interview with Don, like Dixie Carter. Here's loads of Impact Wrestling clips. We're all going to go, okay, well, where's the dialogue there going? Exactly, yeah. Like, it, it, I, I think to say that we are being serious with the title that we have presented would certainly be misreading it because, I mean, we've literally written New Japan to AEW confirmed. It's quite clearly, it's a very tongue-in-cheek title. We're being very, very silly, eh? Hey, being silly. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was very, very interesting. As you say, Harold Mage. I've always said Mage, but only that is likely wrong. Mage. He's Dutch. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what I thought. I thought Harold he really wants a smoke and a pancake. And, uh, a glitch. 
and does not want AEW appearing on his shows. But now he is he is gone. That forbidden door could creak open. And because it wasn't just Horseshoe Tanahashi uh, appearing on the show, that is a joke that's going to go over the heads of many people if they don't watch Quizzlemania or have <laughs> seen the clips. I took the risk. <laughs> And I, I'm just running with it as well. Uh, so yeah, search for it on uh, Wrestle Two. Uh, Horseshoe Tanahashi appearing on the show to uh, give his, you know, praise to Chris Jericho. That was amazing. You had both Moxley and Lance Hoyt, Lance Hoyt, Lance Archer talk about their match they had in New Japan to kind of use that as a stepping stone, setting up their uh, championship match that they've got next week on the anniversary show of Dynamite. And you had Kenny Omega openly referencing the G1 tournament. So there was just like, as you say, it would be foolish to say that New Japan was all over this show. But like, as Tempest uh, put up on Twitter, Quizzlemania fact checker put, Kenny Omega loses the G1 climax and Dynamite. There's three New Japan references tonight. Once his happenstance, twice his coincidence, three times his action, something has to be coming. And, you know, I think that David Mel David Meltzer, to give him his full title, has said that it's likely not. You know, it's just, hey, it's just something to pop the marks. It's probably not anything that's actually really going to happen. But if we were to pull this Strowman train into Speculation Station, eh? New Japan, so AEW confirmed. Wink, wink. I, I am... I don't usually feel this with Meltzer, but I... I'm I'm getting the sense he's in on something that he's not. Oh, you think he knows? Yeah, because it is. Look, like I said, if this was five years ago and TNA, if the if the initials TNA were barely referenced by a WWE commentator, or there was a one clip in a massive video package that's that was from Impact, we would mm -hmm. all be going, "What is going on there?" There's definitely a conversation between the two sides, a conversation that up until that point was not happening. So that that's a huge mm -hmm. shift in in sort of relationship storing, and you know it comes like like I said at the same time as as a, a, its own shift in New Japan. Uh, in the sort of power structure that, that decides the direction of the company and who they do and don't work with. Now, Dave Meltzer, because I was hugely excited when I saw this on Dynamite, uh, I listened to the Wrestling Observer, and Brian Alvarez is like us, and he's saying, look, this is what everyone's talking about because it's huge, right? We, this is what we all want to happen. This is what we think is best for business, New Japan, AEW, working together, total pandemonium. And Dave Meltzer is just like... Yeah, well, you know, Chris Jericho likes Tanahashi. New Japan likes mm -hmm. Tanahashi. I'm sure they'll let him do that. Jericho produced the show, apparently. This was, you know, it was a 30th anniversary special for Chris Jericho, 30 years in the business, remarkable achievement, huge milestone. And it, he sort of produced the a lot of shouting segments they've got. We've got Kevin Smith. We've got Don oh, Callis. Yeah. He his fingerprints were all over mm. those shout out segments because it's basically just like musicians that he likes and and uh, directors that he has worked with. Eli Roth director, Gene Simmons, uh, sort of front man of Kiss, Lars mm. Ulrich from Metallica, those sorts of people. So it's exactly, it, that yeah. usual cast of characters. And but yeah, Meltzer just dismisses it as yeah, but it's probably just Jericho working, like getting those shout outs by himself. But then I'm like. You know, and I can I can write that off because at the start of this year, Jericho had a match against Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom, where he put the AE an AEW number one contender shot on the line. 
Yeah. And that was when we were all, that was, I, and personally, I think that is a, a much bigger indicator or a tease that something was going to happen and nothing did. But the thing that made me really peak up attention in this was courtesy of New Japan. Mm-hmm. That means AEW have gone to New Japan, asked if they can use images. This was over the Lance Archer and John Moxley video packages where they used images from their Wrestle Kingdom match earlier this year too. And New Japan said, yes, use it. Yeah. That's huge. Absolutely. That, that, I, I, yeah, it is. And, you know, there'll be a fee there uh, to, to use those images, which I'm sure that AEW will be very happy to pay. I am also, you know, I'm, I'm perhaps not going to read too much into to what is going on, but I do think it is incredibly exciting. I do want to point, there was a chat that just came up then that really caught my eye, uh, which is AEW stole a lot of talent from New Japan. You idiots, if you think New Japan are getting to bed with AEW. I just thought, did they steal or did they just choose to leave and start their own promotion? Well, because, I, they, weren't, know, because they weren't happy in New Japan. Yeah, but, you know, emotion always overrides logic in those situations. You, you could, mm. that's how the AEW guys might see it. Uh, but I, I, Harold Mage, the New Japan president, and I'm sure a lot of people in New Japan, a very honor-based promotion from a very honor-based society, they see these Yanks leaving New Japan when New Japan helped make their name, and now they've gone over there to start their own thing. I think, yeah, I can, I fully believe New Japan would would hate, like, would not want to work with uh, AEW. Look how long the TNA relationship took to repair it took like don Callis coming in because they held grudge they hold grudges new japan like that they've and but they also honor existing relationships and partnerships they stuck with ring of honor even though business wise that probably wasn't the most savviest move so i totally i'm to i totally agree with you person who just commented yes new japan wouldn't want to work with aew they they feel like they stole all their talent which is why it's really huge that they just work together on two things on this show the image rights and tanahashi's video message because they're not signing off on that if they don't want to if they feel like AEW is a threat to be pushed out and like i said it comes the week after news breaks that the president is stepping down the main guy who has apparently stood in the way of this relationship happening Absolutely. No, I completely agree with you. And it's it's it'd be one thing if it was Toriano. It'd be one thing if it was Yoshihashi. But it's not. It's the ace of New Japan, right? Like it's it's a pretty big deal that it, it was Hiroshi Tanahashi of all people that was the one to step forward and be like, hey, Chris Jericho, I think you're ace. Theka AEW's current champion is New Japan's US champion, John Moxley. Um, it's, it's re- I, I'm excited. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Lockdown has been hard on lots of people, but it's also been tough on, tough on, well, you know. My big hairy balls, Luke. Yes, yes, your your big hairy balls, Ollie. So let's thank today's sponsor, Manscaped, for providing the best materials to give you the best manscaping experience possible. This could be the greatest ball shaving of all time. Hygiene is super important in this, the new now. And the perfect package essentials kit by Manscaped comes with everything you need. High performance USB rechargeable body trimmers with its advanced skin safe technology, which is far more impressive than WWE's AI nonsense at their pay-per-views but it's not just your big hairy balls that need sorting out you also need to look at your big your big hairy nails or your i guess your long hairy nails or you know your big your big long nails along with the perfect package kit you should also order the shears 2.0 a newly improved luxury four-piece nail kit with stainless steel slashed tipped tweezers round point scissors fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Enroll in the Peak Hygiene Plan for quarterly replenishments of your favourite products and get 20% off your order using the code WTTV. There's even free international shipping to the US, Canada, Australia, and old blighty United Kingdom. So get 20% off your order at manscaped.com using the promo code WTTV. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code WTTV for 20% off your order. Your neat and tidy balls. Well, thank you. I'm just trying to find that AEW shoutouts because we've got Patreon shoutouts to do, of course. <gasps> hey, do you go know what? over there. 
It's time to get rowdy for the Patreon shout out. Uh, let's say thank you to our $25 a month or more pledge hammers on Patreon. You get your cheap pops, the jester, Ryan Kester. Lovely stuff. Can you do the next one? Because I've not got mine ready yet. Sledgehammer would... power hero in a half shell. Yes. Woo. The man who wears the gold. The man recognized by Swaft International, Swaft Nation International as the 24-7 champion. Ah, legend. Woo. I've got it now. Send me to heaven, Evan Reich. Yes. Woo-hoo. Michael Plowman. That's his name. That name again is Michael Plowman. Yeah, it is. Hey, do you know who's never wrong? Tyler Wright. Oh, no, he isn't. Uh, Yo, Adrian! Rocky. Hey, and great person, great impression there. Rambo just been announced for Mortal Kombat 11 as a, uh, a DLC oh, no. character. Um, so you can do Rambo versus Robocop. Uh, Golden Nick Holden. Ooh. That's my name. Uh, spoken class today, Jeremy Smith. Nice. Uh, the redneck, Dennis Hicks. Yes, the old codger, dodgy Roger. Oh, and look at this handsome duo, the power couple, Stephen and Giovanna. Lovely, lovely people who all want to. Give me a yes, please. Give me a yes, please, everyone. Of course, we've got a. You can get your shout outs and plenty more stuff if you go over to Patreon. Uh, We'll have our Wrestle Talk Extra podcast up soon. Uh, And you can vote for what we review over there now. But let's see what you guys think in the super chats of course get your super chats in we will read out every single one of them before the end of the show job at jtj 496 jt yep i said that right door needs a bit of a polish before opening but for me once this pandemic is over the door is going to be kicked off and we can all give credit to jericho and i think you could probably you know you said then that Don Callis was the man that was rebuilding the relationships between Impact and New Japan in the same way that Marty Skrull was the guy that was mm. rebuilding the bridges between Ring of Honor and New Japan when their relationship, not, not exactly soured, but certainly was not as, as strong as it as it once was. I think Jericho is probably that guy that can be the one to, you know, he's very good friends with Gato. You know, isn't mm. he? he is, and you want to talk about someone who's got a position of power, the, you know, in Gado, if he's friends with Tanahashi and with a lot of the guys that are over there, Red Shoes, Tiger Hitori, you can easily like rebuild these these bridges to have a working relationship, even if it is just you know a big one off pay per view spectacular, like you know just stock full of dream matches. The story was always that Gado really wanted to work with AEW. Abushi wanted to work with AEW. It was mm-hmm. management that stopped it from happening. And Absolutely. now management is changing regimes. Uh, Valab Mamadipudi, lads, not a fan of the title thumbnail. There are good signs in the episode for the relationship. But unless Mox walks off with the US title, I'd hold off. But you got to pop the views, I guess. Tongue in cheek. It's a, I, yeah, I. The, the fact that New Japan, an entire promotion, can go to AEW. <laughs> Maybe we misjudged it. We thought that was more of a, an established joke on the channel. You know, this yeah. person to that confirmed. But yeah. What? Uh, Zach Robinson. Afternoon, gents. If you could bring three people from the current version of Bullet Club to AEW, who would they be? Would you put them straight into a feud with the elite? Or is that a slow burn? Uh, I, I think, yeah, go straight for the jugular. Go straight into an elite Bullet Club feud. 
Um, mm -hmm. Three people from the current version. Kenta, Kenta JY, JY, Evil. Like those are your sort of your three big names there. And I suppose you've got, you know, Tamara and Tonga lower. I said, mm. certainly was a good shout as well. But also, if you bring across Kenta, then you get Takamishinoku as well. So, you know, that's always a bonus. Sawyer, ironically, there was a question oh, going oh, into oh, last oh. night how they'd celebrate Jericho's career without access to footage from WWE. And lo and behold, we get all the New Japan instead. Yeah, very, very nice. Bacon Rasher, Meltzer to AENJPW confirmed. Also, who other than Jericho really is the goat in wrestling? Everything that man had done for me, he's the goat. I mean, 30 years, WCW, WWE, New Japan. ECW. EC ECW, of course, started AEW. I guess the, the only uh, gap in sort of having his fingerprints in every part of wrestling is TNA. But he, he nearly went there at one point. Yeah, he said he got a really big money offer to go there, but it was uh, AEW put forward a, a much better deal. But yeah, he was going to appear. At, and and like and it wasn't the first time that he was teased to appear in Impact. He was going to do it like, you know, 10 plus years ago as well. And he is just, he's a guy that's been all over the place. You know, he is been and sort of done it all really and has lasted you know not everyone else not everyone lasts 30 years on top you know in a way so yeah so um yeah uh, some of his views are not particularly to my taste as a as a person but as a professional wrestler cannot deny one of the greatest of all time yeah the uh especially like the last couple of years you know mm -hmm. he'd already had this beloved career always the sort of guy who what was pushed in the main event but never had the company machine behind him really in WWE or WCW, but man, he's just taken that into his own hands, turned into a true entrepreneur, really. The Jericho Cruise, the, mm -hmm. the, an amazing podcast. Bloody hell. He, his books, his, yeah. his books are incredible. The guy, the guy's phenomenal. Uh, finally now from Sawyer, Tanahashi appearing last night puts recent lines from Cody. And I think Kenny using the phrase ace of AEW in an interesting new context. Oh. Now, okay, so we we can, I, I think this is fun to speculate because this is a lot of just business transactions of just securing images from New Japan is just like, can we use these images? New Japan saying, yes, it'll cost you this much. And AEW being like, cool, here is the money for us to do that. Then we put it on our show. Possibly the same with Tanahashi as well, maybe an appearance fee, something along those lines. But it is fun to move into Speculation Station. And I just thought then, because it's not just New Japan, it's Bushi Road, which means you've also got Stardom as well. Oh, wow. That's very interesting. Didn't even think of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that where Rio is? <laughs> <laughs> I think she actually is doing some work in Stardom at the moment. Um, yeah, before we get into the main show, um, hey, Patreon patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk when you head on over there because the poll for the next episode of wrestle talk extra is now live and all it's a bit of a doozy uh, it's a bit of a doozy guys new japan king of pro wrestling 2018 is currently leading with 29 percent of the vote and behind that just behind that with 24 percent of the vote Halloween Havoc 1995 with the sumo, the monster truck sumo match uh, between Hogan and the Giant on the I on the top of the oh and the, and the debut of the Yeti. I would oh. absolutely love it to be that. But also, guys, 
Let's Not Sleep on Heroes of Wrestling is on this list as well. It's got 12% of the vote, but I would absolutely... That is the birth of minus five stars. The worst match Brian Alvarez has ever seen. That would be a heck of a, a pay-per-view to revisit. There's three corking options there. <sighs> I, yeah. What's on King of Wrestling 2018? I think that was... The was that what Jericho and... Na- no, that couldn't be when Jericho was, announced uh, Omega, Omega, Cody, and Kota Ibushi for the title. The three-way. I remember that. Yeah. Yashida, yeah. Mighty Skrull, Evil Zack hmm. Sabre Jr., and um, Fale, Tongaloa, and Ishimori versus Young Bucks, Hangman, and Chase Owens. I mean, as always with those types of shows, very interesting to revisit in light of the last couple of years of developments in the wrestling industry. But, you know, not one of the big New Japan shows of that era. I'm surprised it's winning. Uh, I'm rooting for Halloween Havoc. That triple threat was really disappointing, if I remember mm. correctly. Like it was all not right, really Mike. disappointing. Not really disappointing. It was just, it was just really that's, good, as opposed I mean. to yeah. one of the best matches of all time. And because, like, it's it was New Japan 2018, so like the standard of that company was mm. like, oh yeah, this is the best wrestling. So when they put on a main event that was, yeah, it's all right. Like you go, well, that's a bit disappointing in the end, really. That wasn't six stars. What a <laughs> load of crap. Only three, only four stars. Get out of town. I haven't got time for that. Don't get out of bed for anything uh, less than that. A lot of the debate and conversation around that time was, well, Abushi and Omega could have had a great match. God, <laughs> it's a shame that WWE reject was stinking up the joint Cody Rhodes. What became of that guy? Oh, yeah, he's having one of my favorite matches the, of the year on this very show Segway. Let's talk about Dynamite, which opened up with a really cool video package of not those cameo celebrity bookings uh, that were peppered throughout the episode, but current AEW stars, Santana and Ortiz, Jake Hager, you know, the, the usual inner circle people. But then you also had Jungle Boy and Darby Allen paying their respect to Jericho. Jericho was a baby face on this show. And I didn't think that undermined kayfabe. Not at all, no. This was it was a celebratory show. It was like the match that was the main event of this show was not the main event of this show. Like that was that was a dark match that was broadcast on television. It was there mm. for just the fans to see. Like, I mean, JR said during the dog collar match, this is the show's main event, folks. Like <laughs> sorry, Luther. And that, and I know we've got Big Swole coming up after this, but this is the actual main event of the show, folks. So, you know, do watch this one. Um, but yeah, it, it was... Um, the, the Luther match was... I mean, we'll get to it. But yeah, I think this was... Just, it was almost like an, an out-of-context thing. And I don't mm. think... It, I don't think it... Like, it didn't hurt the show at all. Not for my money, anyway. I thought it was a really nice celebration of, of 30 years. I thought it, I thought it was great. It was it was almost yeah. It was like a special episode with huge things, huge developments. I like the mm-hmm. tag match as well and the, the TNT it. TNT title change, folks. That's newsworthy. I'd say that's mm-hmm. definitely in continuity. But full marks to AEW for putting on a show like this. You know, thirty years of Chris Jericho. That feels big. That feels themed. Oh, what's next week? It's that anniversary show. It's just mm-hmm. like. They are stacking week after week. And like every week, I'm like, wow, that was a good show. Uh, Oh, my God, it's even better next week, which typically means it won't be as good. But just really good 
overall planning of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the opening match was Will Hobbs versus <sighs> Brian Cage for the oh, FTW Championship. This was a beefy boy match. Oh, oh, there was some beef on display here as these two beefy lads beat the beef out of each other. Yeah, beef that can do standing moonsaults and sliding drop kicks. I I really like this match. Went about 10 minutes, I'd say. They gave Will Hobbs a lot. They obviously want to push him a load. Um, I did, you know, I did. Will Hobbs so far has been this guy on the peripherals. Uh, this mm-hmm. is the, the biggest match he's had so far, easily. Um, I came out more impressed with Brian Cage because the guy yeah. is insane. But that's no no slide on Will Hobbs, but it is a recognition that he's very early on in his career. Uh, but this is some good experience for him. I Dude, I've got the exact same notes. Brian Cage is insane, but Hobbs is no slouch either. Like that snap power slam that he's got, it's really, mm. really nice. He's got some really... I think his, Kind of you know the kicking out of the uh, the F five the no cells of the German suplexes his he had the last one in Testament for a near fall and really like I, I thought that was smart that it was Hobbs that beat himself really at the end of the day in this because he hits the last one in Testament and Cage kicks out and he gets frustrated he doesn't know what to do next so he goes up top and that's what costs him. It was a complete yeah. rookie error. Uh, misses the frog splash, so Cage can hit the drill claw for the win. That really protects Hobbs in that loss because it was just it was one mistake. You know, if he hadn't have done that, who knows where this match could have gone? Uh, but it made Cage look awesome as well because you know Cage looked dominating in in the victory. He walked out the better man, the smarter man, uh, and that's that's the help of Team Taz. Yeah, well, and and. Will Hobbs was almost put over more in the post-match when Taz and Ricky Stanks, who were on commentary, JR botched Ricky Starks' name on the very first line of the show. Uh, But they they were both on commentary. Taz stands up uh, after the match and says, that was really impressive. You impressed the hell out of me. Now I'm going to give you two options. Either you join Team Taz or my boys, Cage and Starks there, beat the hell out of you. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's just like a, it's a recognition that, that Will is good and it elevates him even more. Uh, he, he didn't make a decision. I was kind of like, ooh, I wouldn't yeah. mind him to join there. But Darby Allen ran down and made the save. Dude, I was so waiting for Will Hobbs to crack Darby like Allen in the skull. Like afterwards, I was kind of like, I was keeping my eye on him to be like, what's he doing next? What's he doing yeah. next? I was fully ready for him to just crack him in the skull afterwards. Uh, we got a, a sort of montage of Chris Jericho shout outs. We had Slash, Dennis Miller, Bully Ray. I mean, mm-hmm. it, no one's talking about Bully Ray coming to AEW <laughs> because we can recognize what that is. That is just a cameo. But, you know, I, I yeah. do feel like there's, there's potentially more to the New Japan stuff. Ted Irvine, of course, Chris Jericho's dad. And that's when we got the Tanahashi one as well. Um, and then we got the Lance Archer promo on John Moxley, which had footage not footage but images courtesy of new japan i thought that was really well filmed just from a production standpoint looked awesome made lance look wicked yeah i thought this was a really really good build uh for their match next week Uh, i thought lance came across and it was smart that it was lance that was doing the promo as well not jake uh i thought this came across really really cool after that we got the next brush with greatness which is already my you know i i always know now when i'm gonna watch dynamite I'm going to get to see a really good tag match. Mm-hmm. So it's a great gimmick. And I love because apparently historically when Tully Blanchard did this, he would always go to the draw and then you would, you would build the, 
the the pay-per-view match when someone would get a no time limit match against them. Of course, mm-hmm. there's a 20-minute time limit here. What I love about how FTR are spinning that is they are still they they're not taking those count out victories because they still win if they if it's a count out. Uh, sorry, a time limit draw. Um, that they're still cheating. They're doing everything they can to get the win before then. It makes them even more dastardly. Yeah, it was really, really good. Uh, I also enjoyed uh, the Young Bucks watching on from backstage. Essentially, with the, they were watching with their backs to the screen and looking over their shoulders. Now, a lot of people have said this was them making fun of the way that WWE wrestlers watch TV. Very, very funny gag, although we haven't seen that in quite some time. It feels like a bit of a passe joke to make. I actually initially saw it as they don't want to watch FTR matches. They don't want to be giving FTR that sort of recognition that they're watching them. And so they were watching with their backs, but also, you know, just looking over the shoulder to get a little, get a little glimpse of it. But, you know, it was probably them just having a bit of jokes and japes, a bit like this thumbnail and title. Yes. The, I, uh, I didn't mind it. Maybe that's why it worked well. Yeah. I've been, I've not been massively into the young bucks stuff over the last couple of weeks because They've been super kicking non-wrestling talent. Alex Marvez, JR. I've said my piece on this. I feel like that should be a huge... When you... Not, sorry, not JR, Shivani. Um, when you assault someone like that, that should be a really big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. But I feel like it's been played up for humor and laughs. Um, but this this was much better. And at the end, they super kicked the camera, which is kind yes. of... And, and they were quite funny about it. Uh, I know they've technically super kicked a camera person there, so it's still just as bad, but... I, I thought it played much better. Uh, my problem, but th- this is nitpicking, is, you know, Marvez is out doing interviews. Shivani's on commentary. They're not selling those ki- the kicks. <laughs> no, I know. I, I'm, I've not been into the Young Buck stuff since the, the heel turn. And I, I actually will agree with something that Meltzer said a couple of weeks ago, uh, and a few people have actually noted. I'm now less into the FTR Young Bucks feud since the Bucks turned heel because we're getting a heel mm. versus heel match and like four years of build we've been getting to this like uh, why would you do it as a, as a heel versus heel thing at this point unless you know it's just a way to delay this even further so you get the big bucks baby face turn and and they can then do the match and maybe like all out next year like if that's the plan and absolutely absolutely and aw would give me a lot of like show me a lot of things to say that i will give them the benefit of the doubt on these sorts of things but I will say for now, not mad into it. Hmm. But this tag match was really good. Uh, hybrid two of Jack Evans and Angelico. Unfortunately, in my review today, I just called everyone Han- Angelico, as if Jack Evans <laughs> wasn't a part of it. Even, oh, though, mate. even though it was Evans doing the leg selling, which I thought was really good. He sort of did, they did dual dives to FDR at the outside early, and Evans sells his leg, sells the leg throughout, to the extent where... You know, it was definitely a work because the FTR then worked over that leg. It was part of the psychology mm-hmm. of the match. But then Angelico gets up to do a sort of court, what, Phoenix Splash thing, um, but seems to mishit it because of an injured leg. Yeah. Which, which sounds better than it is because it just came across as a proper botch because it looked like his he's foot nearly hit Dax in the face. But ultimately it was Evans's injury that let uh, FTR win. Yeah. I thought it was a really, really... I mean, this was a great match. Loved it. And it was actually really nice to see um, Hybrid 2 on TV. We haven't mm. seen them on Dynamite for absolutely ages. Now they've been getting stuff on di- on Dark, but that doesn't really count now, does it? 
Uh, they, but yeah, there was a it elevated hybrid too, uh, quite nicely. Then the young buck super kicked the camera afterwards. But then probably the worst thing on the show for me, maybe some people liked it, uh, was best friends coming out to challenge FTR while calling them wieners, which was a, a gag started last week, and putting a picture on screen of FTR, FTR's heads on hot dogs. Yeah, I th it's done on purpose. Like, they know it's lame. Mm. They know it's a dumb thing to do. And, like, the T-shirts are a dumb thing. It's because FTR have been calling them comedy backyard wrestlers. So what they did is they came out and cut a comedy backyard wrestling thing. But, like, they're openly acknowledging, hey, look, I know we're just comedy backyard wrestlers doing this. Like, they basically came out and explained the joke to further highlight that it wasn't supposed to be a joke that's taken seriously. I loved this. I thought it was really, really good. I thought it showed a really, it's a really good character from Best Friends, building into all of the stuff that FTR have been saying about them for the last few weeks. I, I guess, yeah, it didn't didn't work for me. I'm very into the match. Can't wait to see it next week on the anniversary show. But the, the the wieners, the t-shirts, the Photoshop job, that isn't comedy backyard wrestling. That's that's lame sports entertainment. So but I just I, I feel the, like the I think that's the joke though. Okay, well, I, I didn't. I thought the target was confused and, and wrong. Uh, I, I didn't find it funny, um, but I'm glad you did. Uh, Thanks, then we get a uh, MJF talking about Chris Jericho, says he may or may not come out afterwards to celebrate with him personally. More mm -hmm. uh, Jericho cameos. DDP, Shaq. DDP had the best camera, by the way, out of everyone. Lars Ulrich, yeah. Gene Simmons. Uh, we got Don Callis in there as well who, you know, was, of course, hugely instrumental in putting together that Jericho Omega match in Wrestle yeah, it Kingdom. It was his idea. Yeah, lovely seeing Don Callis on the show. Big, big fan of Don Callis. And it was nice to see Lars Ulrich um, not shutting down Napster. So, you know, <laughs> so it's nice. You can have nice things sometimes. Um, but after that, we had just, I was on the edge of my seat for this entire match. I had goosebumps all over me. I was utterly transfixed from the moment it started. It was Cody versus Brody Lee for the TNT title in a dog collar match. Holy heckins, this match. This match was fabulous. Absolutely mm. flawless the entire time. Like, oh man, I thought it was great. Like, it was just, there are not, excuse me, there are not enough good things that could be said about this match. I thought both guys worked incredible i thought they told an amazing story throughout this the video package beforehand with arn anderson talking about yeah. you know, how brutal this match is going to be and saying cody he doesn't need to just win back the title he's not he doesn't need to earn the respect of the boys in the back he needs to earn his own self-respect because he was beaten and made to look like a joke by Brody lee oh man and this was just great and i thought that you know i, I, will, I will say a lot of things about salty jr because I don't think JR is particularly great. But when JR is into something, that is when JR shines. And JR was into this match and into this gimmick, into both guys. I thought this was fantastic. Every part of this song, uh, you know, from the video package, I love the post match as well, even though it's an Orange Cassidy Cody match, which I'm not, you know, massively into. But the, I, I was so into everything, I got swept up in that as well. The commentators, like you said with JR, but 
Tony Schiavone as well brought a lot oh, to yeah. this for me because one of the genius touches is they had in the stands, socially distanced, Greg the Hammer Valentine. And, you know, I, I didn't know this before, but one of the famous dog collar matches in history is him versus... Uh, Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper at the 1983 Starcade. And Shivani says, Look, I was doing interviews backstage at that show. I saw them walk out afterwards backstage and they were all beaten up and bruised. This is like a quite a unique, uniquely punishing style of match. And and they were cut frequently to hammer uh, hammer time. <laughs> to 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 MC Hammer in the audience also. <laughs> to to Greg Valentine in the crowd, who was just like you know, he didn't. He wasn't that expressive. Actually, he didn't really sell much. But it was just like the prestige. It was. It felt bigger than itself. And that's Cody's genius. That look, he is a very good in-ring wrestler. But he is in a promotion with some of the best wrestlers of all time. And yes, they do outskill him and outperform him in, in those in-ring parts. But Cody, no one can beat him for presentation and this kind of. 80s style story match i thought this was absolutely phenomenal yeah it was just so so great like and this match was full on so full on that they did a package pole driver off the apron through a table spot during the commercial break like that's how full on this match was i thought it was a stroke of genius i love that i love that it was picture in picture so you didn't technically miss it you know if it took place in, the, in a full ad break where it just came back i'd be like ah, oh, that's a waste but because it happened or what you could always see it next to the adverts it's like oh, anything can happen at any time i'm so mm -hmm. sick of knowing the exact moment when a raw tag match is about to go to commercial break because they do the dive outside. This felt real. And and that placement was definitely designed for that purpose. Brilliant. Yeah. The other thing I really loved about this, and Commentary were putting this over a heck of a lot as well. It's something that I hadn't really considered when they announced the dog collar match, you know, uh, last week, a couple of, well, they've been sort of teasing it for the last couple of weeks, is that like they were putting over that this is not like your typical strap matches. We've all seen strap matches where you're, you know, you're tied at the wrist, you're tied by the neck and the amount of times like they were using that. Like there was a moment when uh code like dragged Brody Lee off the apron into this cutter, like to the floor. And that was all by doing it to the mm. neck. So then the commenters could put over like that's doubly effective because he dragged him by the neck and then hit a move that targets the neck. There was so, so much good stuff in this. Also, Cody uh, got a little blood, got a little color. Brody Lee looked at that and was just like, oh, I'm going to get I'm going to get some more cut. There was so much color in this match. Uh, then he, John Silver got, got uh, color as well. Yeah. He wasn't even in the match. And he, he bled at ringside. I I do love John Silver. Uh, he's very funny in being the elite. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I didn't love his stuff at the start. I just thought it was a bit, it was a bit comedy. For, for it just felt it just felt everything else made so much sense and that mm -hmm. if I'm hypercritical although it was entertaining I, I think Sylv being out there just just was a bit of a being the elite reference or nod that didn't really need to be made um but yeah everything else that you talk about the chains and just that it was so visceral seeing both men chain like that to their necks I was just really good but Brody throws chairs so dangerously <laughs> yeah that chair that he threw at arn anderson bloody hell so he gets a chair a steel chair and he just lobs it like swings it like a frisbee uh or a what's the the australian one 
<laughs> a, um, oh my god, a boomerang. Not a didgeridoo, a boomerang. <laughs> Throws a didgeridoo. it at Arn Anderson like a didgeridoo. And Arn, like, he ducks. Yeah. And thank God he did, because that mm. was a shoot throw. Brody was just yeah. like, well, I hope he ducks. <laughs> 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 Otherwise, it might kill him. Uh, but then that that was nice because that let Arn get in the ring. John Silver runs down. We get a we get a classic spine buster off Arn there, and then Brody punches Arn with the chain wrap round his fist, and that just fires up Cody. And then that built towards what has become my favorite thing in AEW: Brody kicking out at one after someone's finisher. Yeah, he was so so great. I think it was it was um, uh, Reynolds that came down to take the um, the spine buster. Because what did I say? Of course, so, yes, I meant Alex Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. So it was Alex Reynolds that came down. It to was it was Angelico. <laughs> um, yeah, there was just so so much good stuff in this. I, and actually, I mean, so to kind of put over the the silver stuff that they did at the start. Well, I do think that maybe it may gonna like once I think putting him into the chair was maybe a step too far. I thought it was actually quite effective for Silver to be the first guy that got blood because it was one of the first things that happened in the match was Cody hit him using the chain and he comes up bleeding to put over like the dangers of this chain. So I thought that aspect of it was mm. actually quite good. But you're right. Like, I do agree. I think that the chair spot afterwards was maybe a bit too much, particularly like Anna Jay then coming down to make the save for him. But I loved like, oh man, I, I loved Reynolds taking the double A spine buster and then getting taken out by Lee. Lee kicking out at one, kicking out of the crossroads. Um, and then eventually like it was Cody had to like wrap the chain around his fist battering the absolute hell out of him it was the only way to put him down with that second crossroads for the win i thought it was a fabulous finish to a fabulous match flawless five effing stars whoa loved Give it the big five yeah and i don't even do star ratings so nice. that's how big it was uh you know but weirdly my big thought coming because that he goes straight from that brody is quickly taken away from by the dark order there was no really follow-up angle there which i think's right you know you give you give the heat there to cody and cody cuts this beautiful promo his voice cracks he sounds very emotional he's like i love being here in front of live wrestling fans because you know this he's been able to perform to a partial crowd and he was so genuine such a baby face he says like i've got dark hair but i'm gonna stay with you effectively saying i'm not turning heel which typically means you're gonna turn heel next week um, but it was it was really great from top to bottom. Then Orange Cassidy walks out to to challenge him for next week, and they did the thumbs up in agreement. Just top to bottom, lovely stuff. Now a lot of people have said, "Ah, oh, taking the title off of Brody, Cody mm. pushing himself again." Uh, so Brody got a what was that like five six week reign? Yeah, he had two defenses of the title. Yeah which is probably the same length as Cody's initial run. And yeah, the first two-time ever TNT title is also the guy who had it just, you know, a month ago. I I, I can see why people would be upset. My, but I, I didn't mind it at all. I thought this was, I don't think Brody lost anything. I, I feel like everyone came out of this more over than when they entered. I completely agree with you. Like, I, there's a part of me that wanted to see Brody have more of a longer run uh, with the belt because I'm so like when Brody came out for the match, I was like, I love this guy. Like, I love watching this guy wrestle. He's one of my favorites in AEW at the moment, and I wanted to see him retain. But also because of the story they've told, 
I wanted to see Cody get his revenge. I wanted to see Cody win the belt back. And I don't, and I like Lee winning the belt and then losing it a few weeks later did way more for him in terms of, you know, the character and sort of presentation within the company than if he did just done a load of squash matches, like just winning the belt and losing it five weeks later. I think it's like huge amounts for his stock in, in AEW. I think it did more for him than the Boxley match did. Like, I thought this was really, really great. Like, I, I, to echo you, I think everyone is more over now than when this feud first started. And that is the aim. That's always the aim of anything. I, don't, I personally don't know where the Dark Order go from here, but uh, I have faith in AEW. I, I think they've they've done Brody very, very good since he came in. Um the one other thing I just want to say about this one is that I'm also with a lot of people that I'm not massively into the fact that it's Orange Cassidy again. Mm. Like, I think the Orange Cassidy match would be good if Brody Lee hadn't beaten him two weeks ago. Like, if yeah. if, if if it was if it was going to be Cassidy getting the first shot at, at Cody, don't beat him. Like, just don't beat him two weeks ago because it just like what was the point? What was the yeah. point of Brody beating him if he's just going to walk into another title shot? Like that, I think is a bit rubbish. Uh, after that, we got. A announcement that Wardlow, Colt Cabana, and Hangman Page are going to be in the number one contenders tournament. And it cuts to Kenny Omega, who cut like a pure on cleaner style promo. Uh, he wasn't overly healed, but the delivery. And this was like, this was the first time in AEW where I've been like, man, Kenny Omega is a fantastic anime promo because he's a great actor. We've seen him do all those realistic sit-down spots with Hangman Page, but it's not pro wrestling, is it? It's just him mm. being real, acting based on stuff that's happening around him in a very naturalistic way. This was, for the first time in AEW, Kenny is a pro wrestler promo, and I loved yeah. it. I loved that he kept calling Hangman Page tag team wrestler Hangman mm. Page. Oh, Oh, it was lovely. What a lovely little touch that was. He's like, yeah, you've got some really, really great stuff. You've even got tag team wrestler Hangman Adam Page in this tournament. I thought it was so great. Uh, and yeah, you've got to think that they're going for a collision at the end of this tournament, surely. But I wouldn't be surprised if AEW string this out further. One of them costs it before they get to the finals. Um, Hangman Page issued a statement. Here it is on... Uh, on social media, it says for release as soon as they say it on Dynamite. <laughs> and it's about Hangman Page being announced. And it's just after deep contemplation, about half a bottle of Scotch, uh, scratch bourbon whiskey, and chucking a dozen watermelons at a red oak out the back of a pickup, Hangman Adam Page has decided to enter the single elimination. It's very, he's very good. I don't know, he's like, very he's a very naturally funny guy. I always used to think it was the rest of the elite writing stuff for him, mm -hmm. but this has got to be him. Yeah, I, I thought it was really, really good. Mm. Like, he's very, very funny on the old Twitter machine. Yeah. And uh, sort of unlike Retribution, uh, it is a Twitter character that plays into his on-screen persona. So that's mm -hmm. always very nice. The two do mix. Uh, we got Big Swole taking on Serena Deeb next in a... I, I actually quite enjoyed this match. It was very technical at the start, got hard-hitting. They screwed up a few times, but I didn't mind it. I thought the commentators put more focus on the match as opposed to pushing other things on the show like they've done in the past. Uh, ultimately, it's the same usual women's segment just before the main event. Picture-in-picture outbreak taking up most of it. Yeah, that's what yeah. it was. It was, it was. I've got three notes. Good luck following that. Decent action. Swole wins. Hmm. 
Uh, and then the main event was Chris Jericho and Jake Hager taking on the chaos project of Luther and Serpentico, which was... There was so much goodwill towards Jericho, I think. Like, I don't mind this match, uh, but it was it was weirdly on this 30th anniversary show for Chris Jericho, a match to get Luther over. And I, I think that means a lot what to Jericho. Well, I, it was definitely designed that way. He got most of the offense. He got all the high spots. And yeah, he took the loss at the end, but I feel like this was Jericho trying to showcase his best mate or at least like give one of his very good friends a, a, like a, a big main event thing um uh yeah it, it, i wasn't that into it uh, i just sort of watched it as a, a throwaway exhibition match really had had not no business being the main event other than that it was jericho's show luther got so blown up like i mean basically as the match started he was just so blown up so gassed he was sucking wind uh towards the end of that match like when he caught the bat and then you know did the spot and he like did the boot and everything barely gets leg up i felt bad for him really i'm gonna put my cards out on the table here this match only happened because they couldn't get lance storm i i think that is i think that in jericho's idea world it would have been lance but you know Luther's there. They do have a 30-year history together. They actually had a really wicked video package for this that they did on mm. Twitter that I wish they'd put on TV to kind of explain their history and kind of like make a bit more sense of this match. But actually, I, th I, I thought the match was a bit pants and a bit rubbish. And as I said, like, but you know what? doesn't matter. It was a dark match that we got to see aired on television. The actual quality of the match didn't really matter. It wasn't about the quality. It wasn't designed to be a good match. It wasn't supposed to be a good match. It was just there to be like, look at Jericho. He's been doing it for 30 years. Here's a guy that, you know, has also had matches in 30 years ago. Isn't that a very nice thing? Jericho wins. And then everyone can come out and do a little bit of a celebration with him afterwards. Very, very lovely. The one thing I will say about this I thought was very nice is um, Serpentico on Twitter a, uh, a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was even last week. Um, in fact, it was last week, posted up that when the, the pandemic started, when the COVID era of wrestling started, he was going to quit wrestling because he realized I'm not going to get any more bookings. So he talked to friends and he told everyone and he told those close friends, I'm going to quit wrestling. And they told him not to. They told him to keep going. And through some hard work, and doing a lot of stuff on Dynamite, a lot of stuff on Dark, doing stuff with AW. He got to be in the main event of an episode of Dynamite, tagging with his new best friend Luther against Chris Jericho. That's quite nice, really. Like, good, good, good on that lad. And I thought he was actually really good in this match. I quite liked Serpentico. I think his entrance is cool. Yeah, the uh, the spider web. Yeah, yeah. Go, yeah. go. <laughs> um, the uh, after the match, um, I, I thought we we're in store for a big sort of you know this is jericho's way he always caps his big storytelling arcs with these celebration segments which turn serious at the end thinking festival of friendship you know is the, the classic one um so mjf comes down interrupts jericho's babyface promo to the crowd to say hey i'm mjf i've got you some gifts and it's a guy dressed up as a clown and it's a present which is actually a big framed picture of mjf jericho looks at it and says I, I hate clowns. And he puts the smashes the painting of the picture over the clown's head, hits him with the Judas effect. And then it looks like they're going to have a moment. I was like, okay, here's the next step. I think personally, I think that's too early in this story. But okay, here we go. It's going to be MJF versus Jericho. And then they just laughed it off. Mm -hmm. 
and celebrated together. And there's very funny spot at the end where the credits rolled SNL style and every credit was Chris Jericho. Yeah. So just, um, I, I think, I, I don't know if this is the case, but of course it was the uh, vice president's debate last night. And apparently that might be one of the reasons the main event, the dog collar match took place in the middle of the show because mm. they, they preempted this. This was just going to be a, a throwaway thing at the end. Uh, but yeah, the the it was it was a show that massively peaked in the middle for me, mm-hmm. but with a fantastic match, one of the best of the year. But then afterwards, it, it significantly fell down into quite an average show. So so I gave it four out of five overall. I think that's fair. Like I think the um uh the the dog collar match completely elevated the show. But like I I think the show was always going to struggle to to top that. To be honest, like, and it was, you were always going to struggle to top that with Swole versus Serena Deep in a women's division that they don't particularly care about, and a tag team main event with Luther and Serpentico, who've only ever been on dark. Like, you were mm. always going to struggle to that. But the, I thought the first hour was so, so great. And the dog collar match was absolutely yeah. terrific that I would also give this show uh, a four out of five. Um, we did get a tweet from someone as well that uh, said that you really do need to sort out your rating system. <laughs> It's just, it's so flawed and it doesn't make any sense. But I, I, I like I said on the Royal episode, I think it's, I think it's perfect, mate. I think you've absolutely nailed it. No worries. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to do that person. We have a lot of super chats to get through. So let's speed through these. Thank you, everyone, for getting them in. Uh, of course, keep getting them in. We'll read out mm-hmm. every single one before the end of the show. Raul Leva, the final day of G1 will reveal so much. Stay tuned. Ace to AEW confirmed, lol. <sighs> Maybe. Invoke Dragon, you fool. It's not New Japan to AEW. It's AEW to New Japan. Of course. It's How could we not see now. it? Gabriel Caruso, how sick would it be? Sick! If the next Casino Battle Royale Joker is a carder and goes to face, I don't know, Kenny Omega at All Out. Hey, I'd be in for it. Yeah, that would be sick. I mean, uh, I, I mean, if a carder shows up on Dark, like, I would mark out. <laughs> do you, uh, from Amro, do you guys think Brody should get a rematch? If he, certainly if, I think that you could certainly work into a storyline where you do Brody, Cody 3. But I felt like this was almost the blow off to it, really, mm-hmm. because, you know, Cody got the win. So I think to do another match might stretch this out longer than it may need to. Depends on how they take the story, I guess. Nay, Tess was a little disappointed when Orange Cassidy came out to challenge Cody. He just lost to Brody, wanted Cody to give it to Dustin next week for that anniversary. I like that. that- that's what I thought they were going to do mm. because like Dustin was in the ring. I totally thought that's what they were going to do. Nate S I'm completely with you. I think that would have been a much, much better match. El Fermentado JR commentary takes me out in part of the show and English is not my first language. I love Brody versus Cody and that John Silver spot was funny as hell. Certainly was. Uh, Black Adam. I usually can't get into Cody matches because they're overbooked to all hell. I think they're booked just enough. Uh, but this was most more palatable. If the camera cuts, you know Cody's blading, lol. <laughs> I mean, look, if Cody's going into a title match, you know he's blading. You can basically put a timer on it. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you. I don't think they're overbooked. They're just perfectly booked. 
DC Darwin, usually agree with you, but that collar match bored me, and I enjoy Cody's 80s shenanigans. Just did nothing for me. I found my new unpopular opinion. Hey, well, everyone's entitled to them. Connor Shaw, I definitely wanted Cody to announce he will be facing Dustin Rhodes next week instead of Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I think we're all on that bandwagon. Eric Martinez, I didn't mind Brody dropping the title. He feels bigger than the TNT title. I'd love to see him do more manager work for the Dark Order and only show up for big money main event matches. I mean, you're absolutely right, but also like from a selfish fan point of view, I just want to see him on TV Mm. every week because I love him. Dried chicken without flavour. Hopefully we see a Cody versus JTG match for the TNT Championship on Dynamite. Yeah, I know JTG was uh, Mm. pushing for it on social media. I think that'd be a massive, massive good. That'd be a great call for them. Uh, On the subject of Hangman Omega and the title tournament, really love that they are playing Kenny and Hangman like ex-boyfriends who can't move on and are desperate to. It's my favorite part of every show. Yeah, it's still still my favorite storyline in AEW, it really is. Hello, says idea. Hangman and Kenny finally talk in ring. Hangman says that he was winning tag matches, not Kenny. Kenny can then uh, not, Kenny can't take not being the best. Snaps, V-trigger, Hangman, Hangman seven times, then one winged angel into a chair for the Rest Kingdom 12 to do a full heel turn. I think this feud is too subtle to climax in a in-ring back and forth promo thing. That feels quite sports entertainment-y and, and uh, artificial. Uh, Dry Chicken Without Flavor says, I feel like the lyrics to Judas can relate to Adam Page for his past actions towards the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Private Party, and FTR. You were beautiful on the inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jam one, Ryan B. Jam. First round matches in the tournament should be Omega versus Colt, Wardlow versus Jungle Boy, Page versus Phoenix, and oh. the final two spots go to Miro and Pac. Speaking of Miro, I tagged you in yeah. this on Twitter earlier, but I don't know if you saw. Thanks to Denise Salcedo, it's been revealed. Rusev is a Swifty. Oh, Miro bloody loves Taylor Swift. Big Swifty fan. He was, I, I was, I thought we were going to get a follow-up to the the Bachelor Party thing on this week's episode, but we didn't. It was just them playing video games in the crowd, which I thought was Maybe a that bit, was it. I thought that was a rare, lazy follow-up. I don't know Maybe if something what... changed. Maybe it's not the follow-up. But they, um, they, they insinuated that it was next week. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they did insinuate it was next week. Maybe that's mm. maybe that's on you. Um, Dynamic Penguin. Uh, great show. Look forward to watching this stream after work. Wild card prediction. Brody takes Colt's place <gasps> in the tournament as retribution for All Out. Dynamic Penguin, you brilliant, brilliant bastard. I yes. love that. Ah, oh, and then because Hangman Page has a bit of Dark Order history, Page has to beat Brody. Yes. Very, very good. Love that. Uh, Augustine, so basically if that doesn't happen now, the tournament's <laughs> pointless. Augustine Dietrez, Young Bucks are acting heel to cost Hangman Page his match uh, to advance the contendership for the AEW Championship, just like Hangman cost them their match. I think you can do that without turning them full heel, though. Like, I've seen some people say, like, well, they've got to turn heel because they want it to be Bullet Club Young Bucks. I just don't think it's the time to be doing this. I think in this point, you want to be doing pure baby face bucks versus pure heel FTR. Uh, Jose Quinde, what if Tanahashi is the eighth man in the tournament? Uh, I I, I think it's, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah that wouldn't happen. That won't, it can't happen. Uh, do you want uh, to carry on? Oh, that's me, the Zornis. Only heels came out in the end to celebrate uh, Y2J. I, I, I love that. 
I was just like, nyah, 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 nyah. we're all bad guys. Abnahav Terumala, there should be a War of the Worlds type show. I do, maybe that's what we're building towards an AEW New Japan pay per view next year. Uh, but you'd really want live crowds for that. Can't give that yeah. away in this era. Max Anon, I thought it was an Avengers reference, but since it's JR, I don't know. From Stanley saying to Mr. Stanks. Oh, no, no, one, yeah, no, 100% was just JR getting it wrong. Zach Robinson, admittedly not watched AEW for a little while now, but I always hear the women's division is their Achilles heel. Without bringing in new talent, what do you think they need to do to improve the impression of the division? Take it seriously. Storylines. Actual, yep. proper feud storylines. Every other division on the show has really meaty characters that are paid attention to, arcs, and real feuds. In the women's division, it is just embarrassing how that is not a thing. And it yep. hasn't been a thing for a year. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Nate S. Excellent selling by Clownico. Indeed. Which is the name of that uh the clown. Anthony Pride, Tony Khan wanted this match more than Jericho. Uh, apparently that might be a reference to the main event with Luther. Yeah, I thought it was very much a Jericho thing. Hmm. Like Jericho said, like ever since Luther came in, that he was like Jericho was the guy that brought him into the company. Karen Mitcherandy, while I get what Luke is saying about the weenie joke being on purpose, acknowledging something is bad doesn't necessarily make it good or funny. I'm excited for the match though. Ah, it's not that they're not saying it's it's not trying to be bad to be funny. It wasn't supposed to be funny. They were making fun of the fact that they were calling them comedy wrestlers. Yeah. Charlie Davis, another note. I will, Mox- I will, I will admit that I don't think it landed. Charlie Davis, another note. Mox's promo on Archer was incredible. We didn't talk about that. We forgot about it. <clears throat> it was really, really good. This great line at the end, because he's doing it all from a bar. And he says, what is it you always say, Lance? Every, like, everybody, everybody dies. dies. And he does the shot. Yeah. Oh, Fantastic. So, so uh, great. Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. Seriously, someone needs to take Vince to a chair, hold his eyes open, or use matchsticks and make him watch AEW. Also, can Mr. Davis try again versus Lukewarm in an AEW New Japan mock draft? Ooh. That'd be, that'd fun. be fun. I, I saw some people say that we should do like an AEW version of the draft that we did because I thoroughly enjoyed doing that. It was mm. a, a really, really fun show. Also, Bacon Rasher, while I appreciate uh, that, it, you know, we should get Vince to watch it, I don't think it would make a blind bit of difference because it's not the sort of wrestling that Vince <laughs> likes because Vince doesn't like wrestling. Um, where were we? Rangers Mayhem. Did you notice they showed the NXT fan that wears the Everton jersey twice in the crowd during the Cody promo? Sent a photo to Luke on Twitter. Yes, that always he's always in the crowd uh, for NXT shows, like front row. He's like the NXT guy. That's because he lives in Florida. Uh, Miguel 8A, even though the main event... Sorry, he's been at a lot of AEW shows in the past. Miguel 8A, even though the main event was not the greatest, it really made me start digging Serpentico. I hope to see more of him on Dynamite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same here. I thought it was really cool. Charles Berg, back for more boys. Retribution names part five. Here you go. You ready? Boomer. Compact, Dookie, Punch Fist, <laughs> Fork, Angel, Cleaver, Peeping Tom, Dangle, and of course, Chode. Well, I did like Punch Fist, but it's never going to be as good as Spunk. Like, that's it's the best one. Uh, shall I do these last few? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tyler Woodward. 
Tyler Woodward says, my last super chat for a while. Just wanted to say thank you for all the content you create. Got me through a lot during lockdown. Jam that jam. Love you all. We love you, Tyler. Absolutely. Uh, thank you to Eric for your donation. Nate says, bigger moment for you, Ollie. Your brother Cody winning back the title or when you won the championship? As much as I love Cody and he's my brother, I'm a selfish son of a bitch. So it would be when I was the inaugural champion and I will win it back. It's felt right here. I'm undefeated, I feel. I wasn't there to defend it properly. One uh, Villa, uh, did you guys see the stare down between Jake and Wardlow? Yeah, so in the celebration at the end, they were just death staring at each other. Very nice touch. Zachary Jenkins, what are your top three AEW themes when a Sammy, Cody and Jericho? I think Kenny's theme is an absolute banger. I think that's a great one. I like the Bucks as well. Uh, but yep. yeah, definitely Cody and Jericho are the best. Mm-hmm. Shannon Smith, I think the Bucks angle is just undermining FTR wins to make them mad for the feud. Yeah, no, I think that's like the Bucks are very much, they're not acknowledging FTR, which is just making FTR madder. Like I, I, I kind of dig some of that. And lastly, dry chicken without flavor. I've got Jay White versus Sonada in the G1 Climax Finals with Jay White winning. I don't know if that's a big enough match because you've got to think they're main eventing the Tokyo Dome. Uh, uh and lastly, so we just had this one coming from Abnahab said, Jeff Cobb finished suck. Do you agree? I hate it. I haven't uh, seen this yet. Is this from the G1 today? Oh, I d- oh, maybe. I just thought you meant the, what is it? Tour of the Islands. I love that move. I was going to say that. That move's great. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I haven't seen it. Um, but, well, we'll let you know. Oliver Davis, Mr. Davis, you'll be so pleased to know we have got two, that's right, two misheard lyric submissions. This is it. It's it's gathering steam now. It's got some momentum. (laughs) It is. We're finally getting there. And actually, this first one that comes in from Alex Kirkman is one that I've also had and I've never really known. It's the, uh, it says, Ah, read, lads. Here's one for Ollie. I thought the chorus of The Signed Wider Sleeps Tonight by R.E.M. says, Call me Jamaica. Garmage, but actually, mm. it's call me when you try to wake her up. What the hell? What? <laughs> <laughs> There's way too many dropped syllables there for that to work. Call me when you try to wake her up. Yeah, maybe. Can we listen to something? How how can we play these tracks briefly enough so they're not? It doesn't get us demonetized or copyrighted. Well, it won't get us like, demonetized. It, it won't on uh, on podcast because it's the land of the lawless out in, uh, in the podcast world. I've been uh, I've been playing all sorts of clips in there and whatnot on my other podcast. Wild West, it is. Uh, what REM song is it? Uh, the Signed Wider Sleeps Tonight. Uh, but yeah, no. Signed... Generally, I thought that's I thought that's what the lyrics to that song were was something about Jamaica. I'm not the Sleeps biggest tonight. REM fan. I will be honest. There's a, I'm just getting a lot of uh, the lion sleeps tonight. REM, what's the name of the Sidewinders? The Sidewinder sleeps tonight, yes. Sidewinder, got it. Um, oh, it's off of Automatic for the People. So, uh, yeah, there's a really good new series on Netflix. I can't remember if I spoke about it on here called Song Exploder, where it's like a half hour long episode and they take a different song and they just dive really deep into it have interviews with people um hamilton was the wait for it was the one i watched it was very interesting okay so this is the actual song so go to about two minutes one i think oh 
Just two minutes, one. Okay. About two minute one, I think you might find it. That is so quite anyway. quickly. Coming, up, coming to Jamaica. That's what I thought. Right, coming okay. to Jamaica. Yeah, no, according to this, it is. Call me when call me when you try to wake her up. Okay, right. I'm gonna try and sing it along mm-hmm. with Call me Call Me When You Wake Her Up. Call me when you try to wake her up. Oh my god, that's even more like <laughs> Call Me When You Try to Wake Her Up. Yes, correct. Call me when you try to make her up. Call me when you try to make her up. I don't know. It's it's just it's just drunk Irish singing at that point. <laughs> what else? Anyway, thank got? you, for, thank you very much uh, for that one there. Um, here's one we've got from uh, Devon, who says, "How's it, guys? To my understanding, none of you have kids, so I'm going to assume that you have not. That uh, if you've seen the original Trolls movie, it would have been once uh, because it's truly draining. Anyway, two <laughs> wrong lyric submissions from that movie alone." <laughs> I love that. It is truly draining. That that's uh yeah, I, I get that for raw sometimes. Yeah. Um first, Justin Timberlake's Can't Stop the Feeling featured in the movie. I'll write out the lyrics and in parentheses write the correct lyrics. And these are all before the first chorus, just to give you that point. So he he said he play it first. In. Yes, please. Yeah. So Justin Timberlake's Can't Stop the Feeling. I mean, I could just sing this for you. Can't stop the oh, yeah. feeling. Dance, 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 and got the feeling. But let's listen to JT do it. Mm-hmm. You, we've all heard this one. I think so. I feel like I'm the DJ at a club. I'm just going to talk over the start of the song. Oh, here it goes. Okay, so that's your first one. Okay. Okay, so. Got this feeling Devin... inside my bones. Yes, well, Devin thought it was, I got this feeling inside my soul. And then it goes electric baby when I turn it on. Actually, as you pointed out there, it's I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric wavy when I turn it on. Let's 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 hear what JT has to say. I got this feeling my bones. Quite clearly bones. Yeah, okay, what's the and the next one? It goes electric baby when I turn it on. Now that one I do think sounds like baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, that I'm hearing wavy. I'm hearing wavy. Oh really? Oh, I no. I heard baby there. I heard baby. But th- that first lyric is 100 percent bones. Quite mm-hmm. clearly. That is that is bones. Uh, his second song lyric is from Earth, Wind and Fire's September. It's the very first line, and I sing it wrong every single time. Um, so can you uh, get that one up as well? Get that and, up. Uh, I'm I'm scribbling away. Greg, you're not very good at the openings of songs. <laughs> Devon. 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 Maybe you're just not maybe you like you caught caught by surprise that a new track started playing. You're not concentrating. All right. So what I'm just gonna press play. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're uh, on uh, this. Uh, I feel like I'm at a wedding. Luke and Ollie coming in your ears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, here it comes. So, there so, it is. Okay, so that's, I say that's what the I lyric. Heard. Yes, what did you hear? 
Do you remember the very first night in September? Boom. That is exactly what Devin thought it was. No. As well. Do you remember the very first night of September? Apparently, it's do you remember the 21st night of September? That there can't be that many. Oh, I guess no, there would be that that many nights in September. <laughs> yeah, there are there are 30 days mm. uh, in September, and therefore 30 nights as well. I just assumed it was a weekend. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's listen to that back again. One Long more intro. I'll try and skip the intro. Everyone up. I'm hearing yeah. it now. I'm hearing 21st hearing night. Hearing it now. Yeah. That's yeah. on us. I think there's that there's is. some songs like the REM one, which is incomprehensible. But these yeah. ones are just me not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So please get more of those in. Uh, I think one of the most famous ones uh, is the Jimi Hendrix song, um, Excuse Me While I Kiss the Sky. And a lot of people at my school used to think it was, Excuse Me While I Kiss This Guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was the 60s. It was the 60s, man. Could have been. Uh, Woodstock, baby. Let me let me eat this guitar and kiss this guy. <laughs> and if you will excuse me, while well, I just go kiss this guy. He's so polite about it. Infamous <laughs> Hellraiser, Jimi Hendrix. Sorry, excuse me. I just want to kiss this man. Um, you don't what, mind. What's the name of that song? That is. Oh, it's Purple Haze. Purple oh, Haze. Yeah. Or oh, Hazer, I've spelled it. Well, just give roses. Here it comes. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's my new favorite thing. All right, we've got to go because as Luke did give away <laughs> my private information, it's just one of those days at home, yeah. working from home, and it's nearly three o'clock and I haven't cleaned my teeth. <laughs> and I, I, I've just, I just can't, do, I can't deal with it. Carpet, get carpet mm. mouth. Oh, it's the worst. Anyway, you go and do that. In fact, you go and leave now. I'll do the outro. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, go and check out the NXT podcast with Laurie and Adam because they're doing great work over there. Uh, and I'll be back tomorrow with Denise Salcedo, Wrestling Observers, Denise Salcedo for the magazine show. And hey, Randy Andy Datsun and Pete Quinnell will be doing the SmackDown review uh, on Saturday. Take care, everyone. Love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.